Hello, uh, welcome to the Key Hire po- uh, Solutions podcast for human capital for small businesses. My name is Corey Harlock. I am the principal uh, creator of Key Hire Solutions. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. A lot of people ask me, what the heck is Key Hire? What is human capital? Put it really simply, we really do three things. Uh, we help small businesses between $5 million and $15 million dollars. Um, on the on the the smallest work we do is upgrade leadership roles. Uh, in the middle, sixty percent of the work we do is developing new roles, leadership roles within a company, and acquiring the talent to fill them. And then on the broad spectrum, we do complete human capital planning. So current state, we're at five million dollars. We want to get to twenty. Here's what we need to look. Or here's what we look like today. Here's what we need to look like at 20 million. We put together that action plan for you. How do we get there? And then we go out and um, execute on the plan. So brings us to our next topic. Uh, And by the way, while I remember this, as we're going through this, if anyone out there has any questions they would like to ask, um, please drop them in the comment box and we'll get to them after we speak uh, with our guest today. Our guest is Joey Schlaffer. We worked with Joey over a year ago um, we had worked with Russell at Marco Steel uh, to develop and acquire a sales leader for him. Uh, he hadn't had a lot of success in the past and was kind of doing double duty, trying to run the team, run the business. Um, there was a little stress and pressure there. We were in the middle of a pandemic. So we went, uh, we kind of pieced everything together and we were able to get into the market and, and find Joey to join this team. Uh, He's had a great deal of success, but what I really want to talk with him about, and I'm excited to talk to Joey about today is, um, you know, how he was able to influence the business, uh, affect Russell and and his team and um, improve the business. So let's bring him on here, Matt. Can we bring on Joey? There he is. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you. So, uh, you know, you've been Marco Steele. You've been there for about a year now. Give us the highlights. June 1 will be 12 months. Been really successful, happy here, doing great things. We've uh, doubled the size of the sales team in the less than 12 months, coming up on 12 months, and have projected, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, somewhere between 20 and 25% year over growth for us. That would be really, really fantastic. And uh, a next building block to sort of keep growing from there. So I've really, really enjoyed my time. So cool. It's it's uh, it's always so good to hear and it's always good to reconnect, reconnect with people we've worked with in the businesses we've worked with. And I'm happy to hear you're doing so well. Uh, Maddie, what's our first question? There we go. So, you know, we always talk about this um, ownership mindset, right? Sometimes owners and what we've discovered through these conversations, is it takes a lot of humility from an owner to kind of get out of the way and let someone who's coming in with a wealth of experience sometimes more experience and knowledge on the role than they might have themselves. Um, they have to really back off and let people execute. So, you know, in the past, you know, what are some of the things that you've experienced prior to Marco that have kind of limited your ability to be successful or scale a business? Kind of, of the big things, state, you know, right. No, and one of the big things and one of the things you learn from or I've learned from is, you know, you deal with an owner or a leader who is successful. They've built a successful company. They have a reason to have you. They have a particular way they've done things to reach that state. And I come in or someone else may come in that has a different skill set or different experiences that could maybe grow or expand or build there. And they they push back on that's not how we've done it or we're not comfortable with that. Or maybe that's not a project that's in line with what we've historically done. 
And so instead of getting frustrated and sort of like, you brought me in here for a reason and banging my head against the wall and sort of pushing harder, taking that project and maybe scaling it back to a smaller size or to a different scale to then show where that win can be had and the profitability of it and why it's beneficial. And then going, okay, you know, this is my $5 win. Now I'm looking for my 10, 15, $20 win. Instead of coming out of the gate and trying to get a million dollar win right off the bat, because look, you come in, you want to prove that you have value and that your cost is worthwhile and what you're doing is beneficial. But to just try and hammer someone on something that's completely new or different isn't going to get you where you want to go. You have to earn that time and space and ability to do what they need from you. So, you know, it's not that they don't want you to do what they've hired you for, but they're just going to have to be brought into the, the, the circle of trust, if you will, on what you're trying to accomplish. And that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Yeah, I, do you think sometimes it's just a trust issue? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 100% a trust issue. And it's, it is a, you're new, it might be different. And human beings dislike change at all levels, in all places, in all ways. Yeah. And so trying to affect change and expecting someone to just jump on board with your change even if they've hired you, right? Even though they brought you in to bring in change, change is still scary. And yeah. so that's the challenge. And I talk a lot of times about that ownership, uh, owner mindset. Sometimes they, uh, have you found in the past that some owners can be addicted to the chaos, right? They, right. And, and what I say is they're, they're not addicted to the quality and the on-time delivery of their product. They're more addicted to how hard it is to produce the product because that justifies the price they charge, right? So right. if you make it too easy, they go, well, hold on. Where's the value, right? Because it's too easy now. Right. And uh, one of the other things is, you know, it can affect the team and that, well, you know, if it's easier or smoother or more efficient, do we need as many team members or do we need to continue running the business the same way we are? And, you know, I've worked places that have, you know, multiple locations, hundreds of employees, and what ends up happening is, yes, you can become more efficient and then you can have other jobs for those employees to help you get even bigger and grow further and do more. But if you're concerned that, you know, player A always does this and if we make it where that isn't something he has to do anymore, what do we do with them? Well, there's other work. We're going to sell more. We're going to do more. There's something more coming for him. Just hang on. We'll get there. Yeah, very cool. All right. Matt, what, what, do, we, what do we have next year? So what are some of the biggest mistakes uh, business owners can make when they hire a sales manager and they want to grow their sales organization? I think one of the biggest problems and all people, even I as a hiring manager run into it is you look for a person that either has, you know, you're looking for someone that looks like, sounds like, dresses like, behaves like, is this cookie cutter of what you expect that role to have and to be. And people aren't cookie cutter like people are all different and come in different shapes and sizes and interactions and being able to not get married to an ideal what i keep telling or tell myself is you know you don't want to be the 50 year old who's still single that's dated hundreds of women that have all had one small problem or one issue yeah. and also you're like well how am i still single why didn't this work out it's like but well, you disqualified a bunch of people off of one inconsequential thing where you could have had you know someone who comes in and brings real value to your organization and really helps build what you're doing, but you didn't give them a chance because you, you, you I expected this person to, to have this background or this experience or have this, you know, relationships in place for me type of deal. And that just really, really, really can limit your ability to grow and find really powerful talent for your organization. 
Yeah, I agree. And and something I've found, and I'd be interested on in on your thoughts on the topic. But oftentimes, uh, when people look to hire, especially in sales, mm-hmm. they'll look like to their competitor. If we could just get that person, and the problem is, if I have a ten million dollar a year business, and my competitor does ten million dollars, and I bring in a new sales manager, and you say, "Hey, how's that new salesperson doing? They're doing amazing. What are your sales? Ten million dollars." Because the individual only knows how to do $10 million, right? And that's why it's important to hire for that, hire for capacity. But in doing that, you kind of sometimes um, put yourself in that that situation where you're like, well, these are ideas we've never seen before, or they come from such a big operation, they don't understand how we do business. And you kind of get into those conversations. And I always feel like, especially for sales, Sales is sales. And if you have the ability, especially with what we do in the, the metal market, to come in and learn and grow with what our products are and what their applications are and what they're for, if you're good at building the relationships and creating the rapport and doing that type of work, the technical stuff will come behind. So right. I don't have to have someone that maybe has specific steel experience. If I know that they have the ability to learn the products, to put in the time and the effort, have the work ethic to grow, Mm-hmm. Then I'm really just looking more for a mindset and a personality to interact with our customer base at that point. And that's really the key there. And, and I think what allows you to do that is you guys, I mean, you guys just have a, a quality, you guys produce quality products too, right? right. And right. so it's easier to sell. Uh, what do we have next? So Russell from our, is the owner of Marco Steel, you know, when we brought you in there, he's, he, he had a process in place and, and he's, his, how long has his business been around? It's been a long time. 30, 30 years. Of yeah. And I mean, and him and his wife rock it out there every day and they work hard. And uh, I know one of the reasons for, for, you know, he and I working together was to find someone who could let him sleep at night, let him get some days off, grow his business. Right. Um, so, you know, what, what has, just to backtrack, you know, we talk about um, sometimes the small business owners have to have the humility and the, tr- like you said, the trust mm-hmm. to bring in talent and then say, do what you do. Right. And, you know, so what is what is Russell done and the team at Marco? What have they done that has really allowed you to go out and influence the business? I mean, I think you said it off the top, you know, you're 20 percent, you're up 20 percent this year. Right. That's, that's meaningful, right? It doesn't matter what the revenue is. That's a meaningful number. So they've obviously done something. Uh, they didn't say, here's our program, just run it better than we do. What, you know, what have they done? They've given, what they did is they did a good job of showing, yes, they have a program, they have a system that has been efficient and been effective. They also have a mission goal and sort of the parameters of sort of the field of operation, the, uh, the parameters of what you're, where we want to go, what we're trying to accomplish, but then create an environment where comfortable to try new things, try different marketing or different, you know, sales strategies without, without fear of failure, which I think is a hard thing in our day and age is everyone wants to come in and only win when that's just not realistic. It's not something that's going to happen. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be things that didn't work out. There's going to be things that we expected to go one direction and then get into it. And it's like, well, that's not working the way we thought it was going to. And then being able to pull it back, have a sit down, yeah. you know, an after action meeting, if you will, and go, hey, this didn't work out the way we'd hoped. It wasn't as beneficial as we thought it was going to be, whatever. And then change direction, change tack and keep going without an immediate fear of, you know, pulling the reins all the way back or cutting off the ability to go try new things or the desire to keep growing and, you know, getting scared of, 
you know, the fear of wanting to protect the castle more than wanting to conquer is something that people can get tied up with. And at that point, at this point, we're not trying just protecting the castle. We're here to go out and conquer and try and take new business and get into new markets. And that mindset and being living in that mindset is really beneficial. That's very cool. That's uh, that whole fail fast mindset, right? Try it, fail fast. Don't just keep doing it and keep failing and keep, you know, throwing money, good money after bad because you think it's going to work. Try it, discuss it, figure it out. Are we going to go forward or not? Because it may be failing, not because it's a bad idea, but because of a piece of the execution was off or because a piece of what you expected to react one way, you know, I'm a big fan of Jocko Willenick and his, I've given all of my team the um, you know extreme ownership and it's part of what we do right here at this point. And part of that is, is that, you know, we're going to look at it, we're going to try and move it forward. And if it's not working, we're going to look at why it's not. And we're going to try and figure out a way to either, you know, get back in the fight. But, you know, as they always say, the, the enemy has a say in this, right? So you may do something thinking you're going to take a bunch of market share and competition may have a different idea and there's nothing you can do about it, but learn, grow, evolve and keep moving. Awesome. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. So I know business owners out there that are getting or thinking about building a sales team or hiring a sales leader. What's the one thing a business owner should be looking for or looking to do when they're trying to build a sales organization to scale? And this isn't Marco related. This is sales professional sales leader talking to people who want to know, you know, how do you make the sausage? It's a, I'm a firm believer in the mindset. You have to find someone who is positively motivated to get people involved because doing sales is cool. This is a fun job, getting to make relationships, selling, putting market, putting product into people's facilities so they can do what they do. It's, it's fun work. It's exciting work. It has, you know, this mindset of, we were talking before this started to bring everybody back in about busy, right? The, the idea of busy. Yeah, yeah that's right. I it was the first it. thing you said. Yeah. I hate busy. I hate the idea of it. And so it's a mindset. It's an attitude about what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish that is going to then infiltrate down to the rest of the team. I don't need people that are exactly like me that do exactly what I do and how I do it. What I need is people that have a similar mindset. We're going to go out and we're going to be successful because we're going to do the best we can do. And when things go sideways, we're not going to melt into a puddle. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to, you know, immediately hit the panic button. We're going to find a solution. We're going to present those solutions. We're going to move the project forward and keep going. And that, if you're trying to build a sales team, is the key, is that you have to have a leader at the top that has a mindset that is in line with ownership and that can then transfer that down. And if your mindset is one and you get someone in there that is completely opposite of you, you're probably not going to end up having ultimate success because there's too much of an adversarial mindset there. You need someone that's looking to grow in the same ways and build in the same ways. How important are are complementary skills or, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word mindset, but attitudes, right? So you, you might not think be too uh, oriented in one direction, but hiring someone who has that vision so you can see the whole picture. And I, I would, ne- I, I don't ever hire or want someone that's a, a yes person for me. Like if I put out an idea of, hey, I'm thinking that we should try this. What's the room think on that? What's the team's ideas on how we can try and accomplish that? And if all I ever get back from everybody is, hey, that's a great idea, boss. That's exactly what we should do, but that doesn't work. I need the input from the other people that are out there. 
And I think leaders and owners should look for the same thing from their sales leaders in that if you come into my office and tell me, hey, I really think we should do X, and I'm not positive that's the best idea, I'm going to at least ask questions. Why do we think that's the direction? Have we thought about the things that are this or this or this that might cause a problem? And if you've come across all those and you have all those your you know thoughts in life, okay, you might win me over. We might move that direction, but it doesn't have to just be an immediate you know orders and off we march. And you know there needs to be an understanding of why we're trying to accomplish it, how we're going to get there, and what the end goal is of the mission here. There has to be an, a further goal than just sort of we want to get out in front and talk to our customers right now. Very wow. cool. What's the point? Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, man, give us a give us a plug on Marco Steel. Let us know what you yep. do, what you're up to. So we're South Houston, just by Hobby Airport. Marco Specialty Steel, 30 years in business. We're focused on bar grading, expanded metal, wire mesh, um, perforated metals, have a new Trump punch machine to punch uh, specialty metal or special patterns. And we are here to sort of service the marketplace for architectural refineries um petrochemical all of those marketplaces we're sort of i always say the best part about us is, is we can sell to everybody the hardest part about what we have is we can sell it to everybody so yeah. finding those right customers building those good relationships that's always our challenge but we're uh we're really having a good time right here it's awesome you guys do awesome work it's been so good to catch up with you again thanks so much for your time thanks Corey. i really appreciate it and me too we'll talk soon okay there it is joe schlaffer um Cool. Uh, Maddie, did we end up with any questions? And while we're pulling up the questions, I will let people know too, hiring is a, uh, um, hey, thank you, Amanda. Appreciate that. Uh, we, uh, hiring is on everyone's mind right now. Uh, hiring uh, bad people is expensive. Hiring anyone right now is a challenge. So uh, we do have um, a free resource that we're, available on our website. We'll get to that at the end. I just wanted to let you know, hang in there with us and, and we'll post that information for you. But uh, uh, Maddie, how important is industry specific in your experience? Uh, industry specific experience in my opinion. Um, great question. So it depends um, what role you're looking for and what industry you're in. So if you were looking to build a sales team and you were looking to hire a sales leader who is really leading and building and directing a team, industry experience, uh, it would not, you know, direct industry experience wouldn't be as important because they're really shaping and molding the people below them who would, you would hope would have the industry experience. But then we get into a whole different, um, mindset or situation. So uh, if you have an amazing training program, if you have time to hire someone and the money to invest in them, to get them up and running uh, and knowing that it's going to take 12, 18, 24 months before you get a return on that investment, industry experience doesn't mean anything because that's what your training program is going to do. That's where you hire for you know, people that are hungry, you hire to your to what we would call your avatar um, and, and you can you find the right person and give them the skills. Right. Hire for attitude, train for skills, old adage. If you don't have the time to train. Or the money to train and you're looking for immediate impact, um, then 
industry experience means a whole lot because you need someone who can walk in and kind of say, hey, get out of the way. You're standing in front of my phone. I got calls to make. But the differentiating factor is uh, the first person who will come in and learn the ropes and be trained and discover the market and you're going to invest in them initially is going to be they're going to work. They're not going to ask for as high a salary. They're going to be a cheaper person to hire. If you go out and get industry experience, you pay for experience. Experience has value and salespeople often won't leave at one job to go to another job for the same or less money. So if you looked at it though, and if you were to chart it, the person you hire that's more uh, affordable, we'll say, but you have to invest dollars in them, your price for that person is going to go up. And if they don't work out after six, 12 months, it's a lost leader. You've invested that money and it's gone. If you hire someone with experience, they're going to come in. But if they're good and you've hired the right person, if you've hired right the first time, that sticker shock is going to go down because they're going to start rolling. They're going to start bringing money in and they're, the revenue they generate will offset what you're paying them and they'll actually be a less expensive resource. So it's initial investment. If your training program's good and you're investing in the right things over the next you know, two, three, four years, you'll recoup that cost too. Uh, the mistake I think people make is, well, we can train them. They say we need someone to have impact. They interview someone they really like and then talk themselves into this. Well, we, we can train them but they don't even have time to do their own job, but we're gonna train this new person. We throw them in the deep end, you know, one out of a hundred times they, they swim. And we think, well, that's, we just need to hire more people like that. And finding those people um, requires a crystal ball. And uh, unfortunately, key hire solutions, we don't own a crystal ball. Um, it, it's tricky. What's next, Matt? Do you have tips on effective scaling without compromising quality? Yeah, process, process, process. We uh, talked earlier about uh, the addicted to chaos mentality of some small business owners where they are um, more addicted to how hard it is to create their product than they're addicted to quality and on-time delivery. Uh, so you can scale but you have to have without compromising quality but you do that through process process improvements um i think i've said this before when time is your only input your process isn't a good one when the only answer is we just need to hire more people and work more hours um that's finite because once you get to as many people as you can have there's only 24 hours in a day uh it's not the right way to scale. But the, if you're gonna bring in a leader, so if we were looking at operations, we wanna bring in an operational leader who understands lean management, then they could uh, look at your uh, organization, lean out the processes um, and create a process that enables you to, to produce more with, with fewer or I guess more inputs, but less less required, right? Um, your, your efficiency would go up. Uh, you know, man hours would go down. Productivity would go up. 
lost time accidents would go down. And all of these factors would contribute to being more efficient, higher quality, better production. We have one more, Matt. What are some qualities you look for in a leadership candidate? And th so this, this question is, uh, seems very simple, but it's very deep because it all depends on the owner and what they're willing to do, uh, how much, uh, how much are they willing to trust the individual? Do they want meaningful change in their business or do they want someone who's going to come in and execute on an existing process? And this is the, what we're key hire. We, we, this is, this is where we make our living is talking to those business owners and understanding what do you really want out of your business? Um, and what are you willing to sacrifice in terms of what are you willing to give away? What is important for you to control? Are you ready to give things away? Are you ready to bring in this leader? Uh, because oftentimes, and, and we're not perfect at it, but you know, we'll talk to owners and they'll say, I just want someone to, you know, who can take this over and I can take more holidays and I can trust them to run the business. Then you bring someone in who is more than qualified and they just micromanage them and uh, don't allow them to have uh, influence or uh, they don't allow them to affect the business the way they were told they could. And so um, when you're looking for qualities in a leadership candidate, it's really important as an owner uh, for key hire when we work with owners to understand truly uh, what are you willing to let go of? What's important? What aspects of the business is it important for you to maintain control of? Um, and are you actually saying these things and uh, do you mean them? There's always a little bit of backslide, right? Um, we always see people that want to give it away, but then when it comes to it, they won't. Um, and then you run into kind of the uh, hardest situation to deal with is where an owner will actually bring in super talented people, ask them for their ideas, tell them to execute on the idea sabotage the idea, say, I told you that wouldn't work. So they can say, look, it just do it my way. It works the best. You don't need high skill people to do that. Um, that's not when you hire. If you if, if, if you as an owner want to have full control of the business, you need to source a very particular person. And those people are out there. There's every job is perfect for someone. Um, but if you're a, an owner of a business who truly wants to scale, um, bring in experts and allow them to flex their muscles and, and do what they know how to do and get out of the way. Um, that's a whole different candidate. So uh, the, the answer is it, it depends. I, I can't give you a specific and that's why we go in and do the work we do and we have the success rate we do is because um, somewhere along the line doing this for a long time, uh, I guess I was able to figure out that it doesn't matter who you hire until you get inside the head of that business owner and truly understand what do they want to accomplish with the business. And I think that's it. That takes us right till about 2.30. So, um, Maddie, let's, uh, let's let them know what we have going on here. So I talked about a hiring resource. Um, so we have a consultation there. But we also have, do we have a banner for the uh, hiring guide? Download our free ebook. And that's our, the ebook it, is called Hiring in the Kia C. And, and 
to be totally honest with you, that is our proprietary process. And this ebook will give you step by step by step exactly how to build uh, uh, an engagement process to engage candidates, an interview process, and a hiring process. They're all different. They all need to be built out separately. And I think right now, Matt, if you if you order that, we're throwing in uh, the live presentation that we did, right? And you also get a free consultation with that. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of send you a note to say, hey, when you're done reading this ebook, hit this button and you can talk to us and we can answer any questions you might have on that. Uh, we also have YouTube channel where this is gonna be going up. We have our LinkedIn page. There's our YouTube channel. We have our LinkedIn Key Hire Solutions page. Follow us on LinkedIn. This is where we, we put up all of our information and keep everyone up to speed with what we're doing. Did I miss anything, Matt? And if you want that ebook, go to the go to the website. And when you scroll down, there's a button there that says download download our ebook. Yeah, there it is. Go to keyhire.solutions and uh, click the button that says download our ebook. Um, other than that, I think we're good. I, I, I want to thank uh, Joey again. That was incredible. Um, I knew when I met him, he was a true pro. And uh, he has proven me right for a year now, which is awesome. Um, I appreciate that. So uh, we will see you uh, in two Wednesdays from now. Um, you know, stop struggling, start scaling. Thank you guys. Talk soon.